Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 258 of the Ardella Training Podcast, the Strength and Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Ardella, and this week my guest is Tim Anderson, co-founder of Original Strength and multi-book author. Now, I'm really excited to have Tim come back on the show, and I think this was our best discussion to date. Uh, I've talked to Tim now a few times, a handful of times, and definitely this was a, a really great chat, a fun chat, a informative chat, and uh, I really tried to to uh, to have Tim share some great things, some tactical, actionable things that uh, you can take out of this interview session and walk away with and apply. And I really love Tim's approach. You know, the original strength approach. Uh, is something that I've used for a long time, and I'll tell you why in this interview. And interestingly enough, the reason that I like or really have embraced original strength is the same reason that NFL strength and conditioning coach Chip Morton embraced the original strength approach. You're going to hear about that in the session. A few other things that you will hear about is what are the three pillars that are fundamental to performance. You're going to get a better understanding of the importance of the vestibular system in strength and performance. This is something that Tim talks a lot about, that the original strength system uh, teaches a lot about uh, with their approach. Uh, You're going to hear what Tim says is one of the deepest parts of the OS system. And this is something that we've talked about a lot in recent episodes here on the podcast. You'll find out what that is, and you will hear about his new book called Performance the Next Level. And uh, I was really excited to to learn about this book. Uh, I didn't know anything about it uh, when we did this interview, but I certainly got a a good understanding of it uh, in talking to Tim, and I'm really excited to... uh, to check this one out. As a matter of fact, I just received a uh, digital version of this book that I am just getting into right now as I record this. So I'm excited to get into that. And also for your reference, the books that I have by Tim include Becoming Bulletproof, the first version of Original Strength, uh, that book that Tim wrote along with Jeff Newpert. And then the other book I have is Original Strength Restoration, and they're all fantastic. They all uh, work together and build on one another, and uh, I think they're really, really uh, valuable books to have in your library. And uh, so with that, guys, let's jump into the interview this week, and uh, let's talk to Tim Anderson, and I hope you enjoy the session. All right, Tim. So I know we've talked a few times now. I'm really excited to have you back on the show And I've got some great questions for you. I want to hear about the new things that you have going on. But for someone that is listening to this and they're not familiar with original strength, before we get into the meat of the questions, can you give us a quick overview of what is original strength? Uh, So original strength is, well, we're a movement education company. And all we do is we help people move better. And we do that by just helping them remember how they're how they used to move or really just helping them tap into their body's design um, how they're supposed to move um, and and that's that's what we do we we, we call it pressing reset um, we teach people how to reset their bodies so that they can live their life the way they want to have their mobility their strength um, and just be able to enjoy life yeah you, you mentioned uh, pressing reset so 
Can you give the the listener what exactly is a simple reset? I know in your in your original work in the first book that you did. Now you have multiple books, and we're going to certainly talk about those books. But what what is the original reset? Uh, well, originally um, when we first started talking about pressing reset, it was just five things: um, breathing, uh, moving your head, rolling on the floor, rocking back and forth on your hands and knees, and then crawling or cross crawl. Those, those were the first resets we ever uh, started talking about. Got it. And so a big question I had for you is how have things evolved from that? Because I see some of the social media things that you guys do. And you, you basically went from these very fundamental things, these very simple things. And things have really kind of escalated into more advanced progressions and movements and things like that. So can you talk about that, you know, the, the, the advancement, the progressions to where you are today with the movement specifically. <laughs> I'll try. Um, <laughs> one of our instructors, uh, Dr. Dan Barrows loves the phrase depth begets breath. And, um, so I guess over the years, we just learned that there's so much depth inside, inside the human body and the way it's designed and that the simplest, simplest movements really do lay the foundation for everything else you want to do. And, and they work every single time. Um, we've learned how they actually strengthen the nervous system. Um, we've learned how they, they lend themselves to just expanding. It's almost like a, if you can envision a, a rose bud that starts blooming and opening up and it you know, just continues to get more beautiful the more it opens. That's right. Uh, and that's what we really learned uh, with Pressing Reset. And so from when we started, we developed a, a pro reset course, where, which goes into the neurology, what happens in the nervous system. Um, and, and we also go into the physiology of the body and, and uh, what it looks like if you do have uh, structural issues, you know, that, that your nervous system has to deal with. Um, and then from there, we actually developed a, a, a clinician's course uh, where we actually get to uh, teach professional uh, doctors and therapists and chiropractors, um, you know, which really is exciting because, they can take OS and use it in their practice and, and it just helps them help their clients faster. Um, and so it's, it's just little things like that. Uh, and continue, Oh, we, we even developed a, uh, and this is one of the things I think we're talking about today is uh, we developed a performance course, um, which is just an amazing, amazing course on how to apply OS in an athletic uh, team setting or a coaches setting. Um, and Coach Chip Morton from the Cincinnati Bengals, he has been very instrumental in taking OS and just looking at coaching and movement through the lens of OS and putting his thoughts together for that course. So we've we've really grown quite a bit uh, from where we started. Yeah, for sure. So, so you mentioned Chip Morton there. You mentioned uh, performance. And uh, so I'm going to skip ahead now to some of my questions I had further down the line. Um, but you, you have a new book coming out there, and that's really why um, I reach out to you is to really find out about this new book that's coming out, Original Strength Performance, The Next Level. And Chip Morton is one of the co-authors in the book. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Him uh, and uh, Mark Shropshire. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that book, kind of how that differs from the previous uh, work that you have out there, your previous books. So with OS performance, um, well, there's just, it's a lot different from all the other books. Um, I, I think part of the difference is, is there's just a lot of, like I said, we've grown so much and we've gotten 
a lot of uh, depth from the recess, we have a lot, there's a lot more clarity uh, that's going into performance now. Um, like for instance, we, we pretty much say that everything hinges on what we call the three pillars of human movement, which is um, breathing with your diaphragm, activating your vestibular system, and then engaging in your contralateral gait pattern. And if you do those three things and you build base your training off of those three things, man, you can, you can really, really increase and optimize performance in the human body. Um, but so we, we've got that, uh, just a lot more clarity in that area. And then, and then from there, we actually teach how to apply OS in a, in a weight room, in a team setting, um, what it looks like for, from a traditional strength training standpoint, what it looks like on its own uh, strength training uh, platform, just, just training with OS by itself. Um, and, and we kind of just build off, off of that from there. So, so the, basically the performance work, the next level, I, I love the cover, by the way. I don't, I don't know really much about this book at all, but I did see the, the cover and you have that kind of sprinter on the cover and kind of demonstrates that contralateral movement pattern that, that you talked yes. about. Um, how specifically, can you give an example of what the, of what this system might look like in comparison to the original reset? Um, well, so again, the, the original resets, that would be like a, a foundation or ground, uh, ground one, uh, ground floor. Yeah. Um, this is about like on the third story, fourth story level. Um, okay. So, so we really don't go into pressing reset as much in, in performance. We go into applying, <laughs> okay. Apply, okay. applying, applying the resets, um, and then, and then adding load, um, trying to put the body at disadvantages through leverage, um, and, um, other, other means, um, really, and that's what we're, so the fun part about this whole process is in the book and in the workshop for performances, we actually are trying to teach people how to develop old man strength, <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> um, which is, you know, real world, really applicable strength um, for the most part. Yeah. So you talk about adding load, give, give maybe an example of, of what that might look like. So an easy, an easy description for that might be, um, you know, maybe, uh, and this one's a like really low, low hanging fruit easy would be like, say crawling, dragging a, a, a weight or a chain or a sled or something like that. Um, yeah. but more complex, it could be like loading certain parts of your body, like, uh, your head or just one side of your body while you're trying to, to load your gait pattern and just being very creative with, with how you load your gait pattern, whether you load your body, whether you load your, your torso, your limbs, your heads, it, you know, um, we just apply different means and all of it is to, is to challenge the body, but also create a disadvantage on the body that it has to overcome. So is kind of the new material, is it really designed specifically for, for athletes, for the athletic population? Yeah, uh, we, we really, uh, think so. And that, and, and so the cool part about it too is, is that we've actually had athletic guinea pigs like, so Chip, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chip, Chip gets to actually play with all of this with his, with his athletes and, and, and he doesn't do it. How, I mean, this is his craft. So, and his, his, his number one responsibility is to ensure that those guys are healthy and that they can play. Um, and he, he starts every lecture first, you know, with, with do no harm. So he is very, very um, thoughtful and careful on how he applies OS in a team setting. But 
through his, I mean, he's got 30 years experience in the NFL. Like he's one of the longest running strength coaches in the NFL. Um, so he's, so he's kind of like a, a grandpa dinosaur in the NFL, but yeah. um, through that wisdom and how he sees OS and he is, he has really put together some, some great uh, training wisdom. And he's, he's, he's still with the Bengals. Tim? He is. He is. Okay. He's been. He's okay. been with them. I think this is his fourteenth year, and just that alone, that longevity alone for one team is is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was the hook with him? How did he get attracted? I guess to the to the original strength system and and what you do, what you teach. To be honest, um, <laughs> I I think it was the same hook that gets everybody to OS. He he experienced it. Um, I like he we met so the story with chip is awesome so he is one of the very first people that ever bought that little pdf book i put on the internet called becoming bulletproof yeah sure and because i got a because i got an email with his name on it i reached out to him and just one day and thanked him and that led to a, a electronic conversation where he invited me up to cincinnati one day to uh show him and his other coaches how to how os works and so they got to experience it and that was it like they, I, I, I think he fell in love with it. What was it about it that made him fall in love with it? I mean, is there, if, if, if he were on this call, what do you think he would say about I, the, about the experience? I think the simplicity yeah. of, yeah, of yeah. OS and, yeah. and the, and the simplicity of how not the, not the, well, the simplicity of OS, but also the, the efficacy of, of OS, how fast and how, how powerful it can be. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say simplicity because that's one of the big things that I've always found um, such value out of, you know, what you teach is it's just so simple. It's just, you know, again, going back to kind of the the daily reset, kind of what you started with, just kind of going back to those fundamentals. I I would say one thing, and this is something I wanted to ask you about. If we look at the, 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 the fundamental things that you wrote about in your first book, rolling again neck nods rocking crawling and cross crawls there's one thing there that is is so easy okay it's so simple and i always wonder like is this doing anything and I, i'm wondering if you have ever ha- heard this this feedback before but i but i know it is i know it's valuable but i'm just curious and that's neck nods right because it's just you know it's just that head movement so what if you can talk about maybe why that is important and then maybe that's why is that important as we age? Oh man! Um, well, one, uh, yes, it does something. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's immensely, uh, it's, it's immensely powerful and and crazily deceptive. Um, so, but yeah. so when, yeah. when we do neck nods, we're basically activating our vestibular system, and and even more than that, we may actually be teaching our body how to remember how to use our eyes and our head, which are the by design, they lead the body. Um, and, and just, we live in a world where people don't use their heads anymore at all, or even their eyes. So everything is fixed, whether we're, you know, whether we're reading a book, a, a computer screen, a smartphone, your, your mirrors in your car, we're very good at keeping our heads still now and not having to actually use our eyes or move our necks. Um, and as a result of that, we don't activate and stimulate our vestibular system like we're supposed to. And, and that's really important to do that because every single muscle in your body is wired and attached 
reflexively to your vestibular system. And so are all your other sensory systems. Um, everything is wise. So it, your vestibular system alone is like the information crossroads where everything comes together before it enters the brain. Um, and then the brain gives out information back through the vestibular system for how the body is supposed to react and respond to, to whatever's going on around it. So the, and, and so your vestibular system for the, for maybe listeners that aren't quite sure, an easy way to describe it is your balance system, but that is such an under description. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't do it. It doesn't do it justice at all, but those gyroscopes in your head need stimulation and activation or the cilia in the, in the gyroscopes and the, the hairs that pick up movement detect acceleration and change of direction. Those things get stiff. And a long time ago, maybe even 10 years ago, people, it's normal for as you age for those things to get stiff. Well, what if that was only normal just because they got, because you weren't moving as you aged? What if they're not supposed to get stiff at all? So you can actually maintain your youth and your balance simply by moving your head and your clarity. I mean, you're, you're keeping those cilia fluid and all the, the fluid that moves the cilia, you're, you're keeping it moving. Um, and it just helps that and doing that just helps ensure that your brain is getting optimal information from your body. So critically important to train the vestibular system. And would you say it's, it's probably more important as, as we age? I, oh yeah. So here's, here's what we, um, there's a book called the well-balanced child Yeah. and, and the author of that book, um, uh, Sally Goddard, Life, uh, she has a statement in there that says that uh, a healthy vestibular system is essential for balanced posture and coordination. Um, so, you know, and Jeff Newport saw that sentence one day and he goes, well, really what she's saying is a healthy vestibular system is essential for strength. And he was right. Absolutely right. Um, but then if you just look at that statement and you just marinate, marinate, marinate <laughs> on it. What yeah. she's really saying is, is that a healthy vestibular system is essential for a happy, healthy life, period. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Wow. I mean, balanced <laughs> posture and coordination without any of those, you're not, you're not doing that well. Right. For sure. Can you, can you give an example? So I, I think that obviously neck nods is like a level one um, vestibular training exercise. What would be like a level two, level three? So it all depends on the person, but it might be as simple as like laying on your belly, raising your head up and down for neck nods. Um, somebody else may need to lay on their back and start doing chin tucks um, and strengthening the very, very tiny muscles that are deep, deep inside the neck. Um, other people might need to take their eyes and look left and right and start rotating their head. Um, and then crazy enough, one way of chin uh, or head nods could be that you need to learn how to sit. <laughs> yeah. And and learn how to keep your head level with the horizon as your body moves, like moving your head, your body underneath your head while your head stays level with the horizon. That is a very powerful um, head, head nod-ish uh, movement. Okay. What, so you, let, let me review that one a little bit. So you're talking about just sitting and getting the, getting the head in a optimal position. So, so I did. Okay. So let's, uh, I, I didn't do this justice at all. So, um, head control also involves everything in your head. So it involves eye control okay. and it, it involves tongue control. So the, just the act of keeping your tongue on the roof of your mouth and 
keeping your head level with the horizon uh, when you sit or, or learning how to move underneath your head um, is powerful. Um, that is, that is really, you can develop really good head control um, by doing that. And it is, uh, that is, it seems to really uh, create a big bang for the buck. Got to ask you about the, the uh, tongue position. So why is that important? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay. Uh, so, so neurologically, uh, well, that for one, that's where it belongs and everything, everything about the body matters. The design is flawless. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Um, but keeping the tongue on the roof of the mouth, um, actually it's neurologically wired to your diaphragm. It actually helps you breathe better. And it is also wired or neurologically connected to your vestibular system. So it actually helps improve posture. An easy example of people that don't keep their tongue on the roof of their mouth tend to have a forward head carriage. And people that do keep their tongue on the roof of their mouth tend to have their heads uh, balanced over their shoulders where it belongs. Okay. Uh, So it's kind of interesting as you're kind of talking through this right now, I was just experimenting myself and I'm standing right now and I put my tongue on the roof of my mouth. And for whatever reason, when I did that, I tended to stand taller and when I took my tongue away, I tended to slouch. And, and it wasn't even like intentionally thinking of that. That's that, awesome. That's, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. That's kind of <laughs> how it works. <laughs> All right. Um, what about for an advanced progression um, handstand work? What are your thoughts on that for vestibular training? Uh, I love it. Uh, because when you get into handstand work, um, to me, you're, you are getting into more vestibular activation and training, but really you're getting into play and creativity. Uh, and those two things are extremely needed as well for us to be healthy. But, um, once you lay your foundation with pressing reset, things like handstands become very accessible. Um, and then, and so once something becomes accessible, you kind of do yourself due diligence to start exploring and playing with that accessibility to see where you can go. And, and what you find is that it fills in nooks and crannies of your strength, your, and your movement ability. Do you have a, um, a guideline for when it would be reasonable to experiment with handstand work? I, uh, I, I would, now that you mention it, um, no, but if I were going to try to create one, <laughs> I, would, uh, <laughs> I, I would think once you can, if you've laid a solid foundation and your mobility and stability in your shoulders is health is good and healthy. Like you have good range of motion in your shoulders and you've got good thoracic mobility. Uh, and, and if you have been pressing reset, more than likely your center is very well on and tied together. I think you're, you're probably good to, to go to start playing with it. And so from a vestibular standpoint, is there anything there that, um, you know, I'm just thinking that someone that goes into an inverted position and, you know, if they had a vestibular challenge, they might get a little dizzy or something like that in that position. So would you recommend doing some of the, the, the uh, kind of the basic kind of neck nods and things like that for a couple of weeks before progressing to something like handstands? Oh yeah. I would like, I would make sure that they are, before they progress to handstands, I would make sure they are tied together. Well, where for one, like, so they, I would, I would hope that they're breathing with their diaphragm well, because that's going to make their center so much stronger. I would hope that they have been doing head nods and, and rotations, but also like rolling, um, lots of rolling to make sure that they're moving fluidly 
and, and lots of rocking to make sure that their shoulders are reflexively sharp and reflexively firing and able to stabilize as they should. So again, it, I, I would totally go through. And so the thing about movement is the first, we had three years of our lives, the first three years to really tie our bodies together. So if we approach that same patience as an adult, then it's a journey and we don't have to get there really, really fast. We don't have to rush it so we can enjoy the journey. And we just, so it is okay to be patient and say, maybe press reset for three to four months at least before you start, you know, trying to go do really challenging stuff. Now I'm not saying don't test the waters and see where you're at. I'm just saying, if you're not there, be patient and tie yourself together to get there. Tim, I know you obviously, you talk a lot about the vestibular system. You, you've written a lot about the vestibular system, uh, but you mentioned the nervous system in the beginning of the conversation as well. Are they, are they equally important or do you see one being more important than the other? Uh, so that's a tough question because I'm, along this journey, I'm of the, the mindset now that everything matters and everything's important. Um, and without one, if one is damaged, the other is damaged. So if, if you don't have an optimal vestibular system, you just don't have an optimal, uh, nervous system and, and, and everything about the body is a two way street. If you don't have an optimal nervous system, chances are your vestibular system's not going to be optimal either. Um, so I, I, I don't think you can separate and isolate anything out from the body. Um, all the systems are important and they're all made to dance together in like a beautiful symphony and. And when all the instruments are playing well and they're all in harm- harmony together, I mean, you, you've got something beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, going back to the, the book, the new book, Performance, um, what do you hope that uh, people take away from that? I guess what I'm saying is, is it more for um, users? Is it more for athletes or is it more for coaches to kind of teach the the techniques and things that are outlined in the book so the uh the biased truth is if i'm being biased i think it's uh, <laughs> i think it's actually more geared for uh coaches and trainers that work with athletes okay. now having said that though everybody's an athlete so there's there's nobody out there that can't pick up this book and apply the principles to it and and and, and use them in and and increase their performance for sure. Can you give an example of maybe what a, how would an athlete use it? Um, maybe just like a, a sample session. So um, let's say, you know, pick, pick any athlete. Let's just, let's talk about a strength athlete. Okay. Let's talk about a weightlifter or a power lifter or something like that. How would they maybe use something in this book and apply that to their training and, and where do they apply it? Do they do it pre-training? Post-training, what, uh, what do you maybe see as being a, a good scenario there? Oh, man. Ideally, for that athlete, they, they would be in some way pressing reset every day, uh, revolving around the three pillars of human movement that we were talking about. Okay. But then around their, their training and you know, up, up to their whatever their coach has them doing as well, um, mixing it. And I mean, it would be so easy for a strength athlete to, to use it as a, a pre pre movement prep or warm up or whatever they want to call it. Um, but then to also marry it into, uh, their routine. Like, so if the, if the strength athlete was power, uh, was training squats, 
you know, that day he could easily marry, and this is just low hanging fruit, but he could easily marry rocking into, into the squat workout. Um, and all that's going to do is, is help because the heavy squats are going to tear his nervous system down. Rocking in between is going to actually help strengthen his nervous system a little bit and refresh it. Um, so it's just going to clean up his movement for his next set. And what, and crazy enough, what he might find is that his third set is stronger than his first set, um, with the rocking in between, because it does refresh the nervous system at the speed of the nervous system. Um, and again, that's low hanging fruit, um, really simple way to a strength trainer would use it. And then obviously if he had a very good training session, he could use it as a cool down at the end to, to start building back what he tore down so that he can recover faster and show up sooner the next day or the, whenever he does come back into the gym. So with the rocking between squat sets, how, how many reps and maybe what, what would that look like specifically? Um, so that's, that's almost individual specific, but if I were just going to spitball reps out there, I would, you know, heavy, heavy sets of squats. Let's just take our time. And instead of counting reps, let's just use time. Maybe we just rock back and forth smoothly for two minutes while we're breathing with our diaphragm. And guess what? Rocking is activating the vestibular system. So we're doing all those three pillars right there. Got um, it. Okay. And, and so we just take our time and, you know, maybe two to three minutes, maybe five. And when he's, you know, when it's time for the next set, just get up and go hit the next set. What do you continue to learn about breathing? So breathing is one of the three pillars there that you mentioned. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about breathing nowadays. I've had uh, guests on the show recently. and you know, Everybody's kind of discovering, you know, the importance of breathing or, um, you know, they're diving into breathing more you know what I mean? And utilizing this more for health and for performance. What do you continue to learn about the importance of breathing techniques and patterns? That's probably one of the deepest wells of the resets that that, that there seems to be no end to it. Um, (laughs) So where we're at now, um, just in the, how we look at it through OS is that it is, it is the very epicenter of strength um, that your, your diaphragm, your breathing muscle is the captain of all your spinal stabilizers and it has to do its job for your, uh, the other spinal stabilizers, like your pelvic floor, like your psoas, like your transverse abdominis, like your multifidi. So if it's not doing its job, there's a chance that they're compromised um, or they're dysfunctional. Uh, and then it, it, the diaphragm is like, it's the bridge between the autonomic nervous system. So it's the bridge between the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And so it's from an athletic standpoint, you can use your breathing to either upregulate the nervous system or downregulate the nervous system. And that will always be, you know, individual specific, but you can certainly use breathing to increase performance on the spot in a game. (laughs) Um, And if you learn how to manage how to manage your diaphragm when your body is stressed out, when your mind is stressed out, well, then you've created a machine that will not stop. That has that, that mitigates stress that never loses focus that can always perform. And that's always strong from the center out. So the, there's no end to the, the benefit of being able to breathe proper. Do you have a, a daily practice yourself for breathing or would you recommend if you could recommend something to the audience here now, what would you recommend a a simple kind of breathing technique that we really should all be doing every day? 
yeah. So again, low hanging fruit. If, if the person hasn't pressed reset, I, I would recommend practicing diaphragmatic breathing every day for at least five to 10 minutes, maybe twice a day, just to get the reps in because we want the nervous system because breathing is, uh, it's a reflex, but it's one that we can consciously, uh, uh affect. And most people are, or emergency breathers where they're breathing in their chest and their neck. So we want to be able to get enough reps in where subconsciously the switch flips, where they're just automatically doing diaphragmatic breathing, filling their lungs up from the bottom to their top, to the top as they're supposed to. So after that deliberate, after we get the reps in with the deliberate practice, um, what they'll probably find is that they just automatically do it, but then they can use that. Like if they, uh, if they're stressed out at work or if they're, just life is just maybe there's a hurricane going around and they're just stressed, (laughs) you know, life, life happens. So if they learn how to manage their breath, well then it lends itself very well to calming, calming them down, taking them from fight or flight to rest and digest so that they can concentrate, focus, remember, make better decisions. So then deliberate daily practice in the, in forms of meditation or just, just relaxing. Um, can be go a long, long ways. All of that to say that if every day, if you just spent 10 minutes and it doesn't all have to be at one time, um, but just 10 minutes every day of deliberately using your diaphragm the way you're supposed to, eventually you're going to get the reps in where that's just your normal operating procedure. Um, and you'll always be good to go. Do you have a, um, ideal position? Do you like, uh, seated supine? And then do you have an inhale, exhale, uh, pattern that you like to in, use in the beginning uh, we try to teach people to use the position that is the easiest to access their diaphragm from and all that means is their different positions lend themselves and for different nervous systems and different bodies with different histories lend themselves <laughs> to being able to find your diaphragm for some people that's going to be lying on their belly for some people it's going to be lying on their back with their knees bent for others, it might be sitting in a chair. You just kind of have to find where that individual can access it the easiest. And then you get your reps in there. And then from there, you start trying to approach those other positions that weren't as easy. But the truth is, is if you get your reps in on the easiest position, you find that the positions that were the challenge are all of a sudden there. And you want to be able to access your diaphragm in any and every position you find yourself in because that's where life happens. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. So when does the, uh, when does the new book come out and uh, where should people go to get it? I, I'm a print book guy. I know that uh, I saw it available. Um, it looks like it's coming out on, on Kindle um, on Amazon, but uh, it's going to be available in, in print as well. Yes, sir. Uh, on <laughs> September 24th, uh, the print and Kindle version go live on, on Amazon. Oh, nice. Okay. Right now, you can pre-order the Kindle on Amazon, and you can pre-order the print on our website on originalstrength.net. But on the 24th, they should both be available for real um, on Amazon. Fantastic. What about other resources on uh, originalstrength.net? Someone lands there for the first time. Uh, Where do you recommend they start? And then if you could talk again about maybe the the live training opportunities. Again, I know you talked about that in the beginning, but maybe just circle back to that. So if you, if you're brand new to originalstrength.net, uh, I would, and, and you're just trying to get a feel for what is OS. Um, I think really good resources on, on originalstrength.net would be 
the uh, testimonial page or the success stories of just everyday people and how OS has changed their lives um, yeah. because they're just powerful and, and they're quite like a lot of them just seem like miracles, um, but they're real and they're, you know, real people. Uh, but I would, I would go there. I would go to the video page where we, for the last, I don't know, I think, I guess five or six years now, every Wednesday we've, we've created a video on how to press reset in different positions and everything. So we've got a huge video library, um, that, that they could go through. And it's actually got more, it's more cataloged and, and into playlists on YouTube, uh, on our okay. YouTube page. It's not, not, it, there are no play, play, playlists to, uh, be able to cipher through on our, on our original strength.net page. But so you could go to YouTube if you wanted more organization. Um, and then we also have a blog uh, that we have written every day or every week for the last six or seven years, too. So we've got just a wealth of information that's free for anybody that wants to, to check it out. Nice. Yeah. And I've directed uh, quite a few people to the you know YouTube videos and things like that. I mean, you know, I know that, again, you know, we've talked several times, but you kind of have to see the, the techniques that you do and really the simplicity of, of what it is you teach. And, and again, going back to what I asked you in the beginning, uh, I think about what, uh, what drew Chip Morton to your work. And it's, you said the simplicity and the efficacy, the effectiveness of it. And that's really, that would be my answer as well. I mean, it's just so simple. It works. And, um, it's great to see that you're, you're taking this deeper, you're diving deeper and I'm excited to see the new work. I'll definitely look forward to uh, checking that out. And uh, so my final question here is, do you have any specific uh, closing advice, anything that you want to tell the audience to take action with based on what we talked about here today? Oh, uh, well, my one thing uh, would be that if you're listening and you're still not sure about OS or you just don't know what it is, or maybe, maybe you have issues in your own body, um, my only advice would be that your body is amazingly and wonderfully made. Um, it's miraculous. Um, in your design, your body knows how to heal itself. So if you're in pain or if you just don't feel like you should, or you're moving like you should, you're not stuck. There's always hope and, and, and your body can change and you can regain your strength. You can regain your mobility. You can regain the freedom in your own body to live your life the way you want to. That would be my only advice is just to not settle if, if you, if, if you're struggling. And so is there a specific, um, maybe a movement or something that, uh, you could recommend? I mean, what, what would be for, so that person you just described, maybe they're feeling a little in despair about where they are. What do you recommend for a movement practice? Uh, any, and uh, first I would recommend approaching any of the five resets, the breathing, the head, the head nods, rolling or rocking, and maybe cross crawls. I would recommend approaching any of those movements through a hope, through the, uh, just a little bit of faith. Like if, because I can recommend anything and it can sound stupid and crazy. Like, well, how is a cross crawl going to make me any better than I am? But a simple cross crawl, simply touching your right arm to your left leg and your left arm to your right leg back and forth could be enough to give your nervous system what it needs to put the strength back in your legs and help you get up and down out of a chair for the first time in years. If you haven't done it, it could be enough to help you get up and down off the floor so you can play with your grandkids. Yeah. So 
So I can tell you about this stuff, but if you don't approach it with just a little bit of faith so that you can experience it, none of it matters. So even, even just trying to learn how to find your diaphragm again could be all you need to do. It could be the spark that creates the forest fire for you to change your life around. Nice. I love that. Tim, thanks so much, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for your amazing work in the industry. And I'm really looking forward to the new book and uh, seeing what comes forward in the future from Original Strength. Scott, thank you so much for, for having me on and helping us spread the message and share the word about OS, man. I really do appreciate it. You got it, brother. All right. You know, hey, there's one thing I should have said in the beginning of this interview session as I open up the show. There are a few people that are really, really great people in the fitness industry. And Tim is one of those people. He is just a good human being. He's a really, really good guy. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed that session. Uh, Definitely check out Tim's work if you haven't uh, done that already over at originalstrength.net. And uh, it was my pleasure to speak with Tim this week. Guys, as we sign off, uh, I do want to mention, if you're not part of the Ardella Training community, uh, make sure you go to ardellatraining.com forward slash mistakes, and you can get a uh, training mistakes guide that I summarize some of the key mistakes I made many years ago in my own training. I think this will really help you out. Again, go to ardellatraining.com forward slash mistakes. Check that out. Uh, A lot of good content in that guide. And uh, you'll also become part of the Ardella Training Community. And uh, I've been sending out weekly emails and communicating with you. One other last thing as I'll sign off, guys, if you have any questions, uh, comments, just want to connect, please uh, reach out to me via email. And uh, I love to hear from you guys. It may take me a couple days to get back, but I really love to connect with you, the audience, the community at Ardella Training. And uh, that's a wrap, guys. Have a great week. Take care.